with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Good morning. You're live with Diana Bell. And in studio, ladies, ladies, calm down, calm down. Don't get too excited. I know. You calm down. We've got Reg in studio. Reg, I don't even know your last name. Uh, Most people don't. Oh, mysterious. (laughs) You're really, you're really playing off the. Yeah, yeah. Last name is Fair. Oh, okay. But not F-E-H-R. And are you, you are you Fair, Reg? I'm very fair. Just ask any of my volunteers. (laughs) Except Alan. Don't ask Alan. (laughs) So, Reg, what is your official title at this radio station? Uh, I am officially the executive director of the Prince George Community Radio Society. Awesome. How long have you been doing that? Well, I started the station back in 2007. Ooh, you're the originator? Originator, founder. Crazy. It was my brainchild, and and it's going through its... uh, it's troubled teen years right now, but we're we're getting there. And you, it's going through your troubled teen years. Yeah, you brought me on to give you more hassle. Well, exactly. That's part of the trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and then actually, you're bringing another young lady on. Yeah, we were expecting Kylie Lewis Holt to show up this morning, and to... she's actually a comedian. She is yeah. one of the local stand-up comedians. And uh, last I heard, she had a big show in Vancouver that went really well, and she's. Uh, during the pandemic, she decided that she was really going to step up her game as a stand-up comedian, and she's really been pushing that and getting out there and, and doing shows and promoting herself. So it'll be interesting to see how that takes off for her. And she's going to start uh, doing half of your show. This is true. We're going to cut the after nine in half, but it's moving to Wednesday uh, not next week, but the week after. Yeah, so please, uh, my two or three or four listeners, oh, you've, make you sure that you have, guys... <laughs> you have dozens of listeners. <laughs> make sure you guys uh, switch to Wednesdays at 9. I will not be here next week, yeah. um, but I will be here after that. And uh, you guys will just get to continue enjoying listening to me. Um, and then right after me, you'll get to listen to Kylie. Kylie and, Lewis Holt. And yeah, we gave your listeners a well-deserved uh, week off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of well-deserved week off, you're bringing on Kylie. Have you ever seen her comedy? Yes, I have seen her uh, do stand-up. Yes. So have you explained her the rules of uh, the radio station? Well, she has been on, we have a show called The Comedian's Table, and she's been a, a guest on that a few times. And that's where she asked if if uh, if I, you know, that, or mentioned that she'd be interested in doing more radio and perhaps her own talk show. And I said, okay, well, let's team her up with you, and it'll be a an hour of craziness on Wednesdays at 9. I was actually super excited when you told me, because I've seen her comedy before. Yeah. And I'm excited to watch you struggle with yet another teenager um, and just figuring out how to handle yeah, that. Yeah, well... I, Do you think she'll be easier than me or harder? I, I don't know. That's the funny thing. When you put someone on as a, as a host, because this is community radio, so very few of our talk show hosts have, have had any experience in the industry before they come on air. So it's always different. You, you, don't, you never know what to expect <sighs> because one person, 
you might be worried about and they come on, they're fine. Another person says, oh, they, they have no problem and they come on and they're no good. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's hard. You just don't know. You have to start with whatever you get and then work from there. And how do you tell somebody that they were just no good? Well, I generally don't. <laughs> Right, so are they, they all, are they all still on the radio right now? <laughs> uh, no, but usually that's their decision. Uh, what I do is is I, I let them they, they come on air, they do their their show. I I make suggestions on you know try this this and this to help move them in the right direction. Uh, but for the most part, it's hands off, right? Uh, I don't want to bring someone on and then try to make them me. That's right? true. Because that I I didn't start the station to be on the air, although uh, that well, they are way more than I should be. Uh, but have have them be themselves on the air without, and just know the technicalities of when you need to take a break and how to throw it to a break properly so that Steve doesn't know you know so Steve knows when to start the commercials and all those sort of little things. Nice, yeah. yeah. So. You, I guess you, the radio station was going a certain direction and you are kind of changing it up a little bit. Is that, would you say that? Uh, well, it's, it's always evolving. Um, I don't know if we've really changed a whole lot, but, uh, it, as, as time goes on, uh, the music that we play during the day becomes a little bit more modern, but still we're concentrating on the sixties and seventies hits. So it's, it's still definitely, uh, targeted to the older demographic in Prince George. What modern music have you been playing lately? Well, when I say more modern, <laughs> I, you know, I'm I, waiting. I, I, you know, we've, we've Are gotten, we in the 80s? Yeah, no, no. no? Well, we have a few uh, Canadian content hits from the, you know, 1980, but that's that's it. Uh, with the can, Canadian content regulations, you have to play so much, a certain percentage, so I stretch the boundaries of what we play when it comes to Canadian content so that we don't have the same songs playing over and over and over again for for that uh, to uh, make our requirements on that, right? Fair enough, yeah. Yeah. So what other, I mean, for people that don't listen all the time, what mm -hmm. kind of content do we have here? So we obviously, people who listen to me, listen to me, mm -hmm. um, which is maybe like 12 people, hopefully. Um, but no, what at, other... least, at least 24. I at least dozens, 24? Dozens of people. <gasps> dozens. Oh dozens my gosh, I'm so excited there right now. Um, but what other content do you have during the week? Well, uh, Monday through Friday, basically from midnight through to six, we have the hits of the 60s and 70s, uh, plus this talk show at nine o'clock. And then we have, uh, well, actually we're going to have a couple of talk shows at one. We have a bit, a little, uh, a block of specialty programming from one to two Monday through Thursday, uh, starting not next week, but the week after on Monday, uh, Echo Wiley, who has been hosting our Monday morning show, uh, she's going to have her own show on Monday afternoons. Uh, Tuesdays at one, it's senior moments with, um, Sharon Hurd. Wednesdays we have Homegrown featuring all local music, local nice. artists. Okay. And then Thursday, uh, Echo Wiley hosts a show called uh, Cold Snap Radio, which features artists that have performed at Cold Snap. So, but other outside of that, it's it's uh, hits of the sixties and seventies. Evenings and weekends, a lot of the 
programming is dedicated to specialty music shows or uh, we have a few talk shows that we throw in there as well. Uh, Sunday morning is very much, uh, there's a block of religious programming. So, you know, it's it's quite diverse. Is that usually on Sundays? Well, Sunday morning and evening. <laughs> I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, Sunday morning from 6 till 10. And then Sunday evening, there's another one hour. I think it's uh, 7... Seven to eight, I think, is when uh, that is now. Oh, yeah. Do you have, like, a political hour for people that are interested in that? Well, uh, our After Nine talk show here on uh, Tuesdays, it's been Eric Allen, and he does a lot of um, political-type talk. He's going to be moving to Mondays. And then uh, Thursday, starting next week, Trudy Clausen will be doing a full hour and hers is quite often politically based, although she also talks to a lot of business owners and that sort of thing. And then Friday is pretty much dominated by political talk. Oh, great. And including a, a roundtable discussion at, at 9.30 on Fridays. I mean, I come from a political family, obviously. Yes. And I mean, when I say political family, it was just my father, Pat Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely interesting to hear different ideas and that kind of thing. If people really knew kind of the real deal behind politics, which I may get into one day with Pat, <laughs> I don't know how uh, excited they would be to yeah. jump into that. Right. Um, um, there's a lot of fun death threats. Um, there's, uh, I think my, actually somebody mailed my dad a horse's ass once. Oh, really? Yeah, nice. I know. So, um, there's, uh, lots of exciting things about politics, but it's, it's kind of cool. I do like to listen to that. So there is a political kind mm-hmm. of commentary on this station, which is awesome. Yeah. Well, you've just touched on the reason that I've never gone into politics. <laughs> <laughs> no, I you really, don't want death threats? Uh, well, not just that. I, I really don't want to talk to the average person on a daily basis. <laughs> but yet you work at a community radio station. And that's why I try to stay off air as much as possible. Then Okay. Everyone else look after that. Yeah. Um, so you said that you started this, actually. Yes. And why did you start this? Well, back uh, back in 2000 or around the turn of the, the century, uh, I noticed that all the local commercial stations, whenever they changed formats, it was always geared to a younger audience. And I thought, well, this is kind of leaving a whole generation of listeners out in the cold when it comes to local radio because they had a choice of CBC and if they were okay with it, the country station. That was it, right? So uh, it was around that time that uh, uh, CKMK and McKenzie changed to a community radio station after Patterson pulled out of there. And I thought, oh, well, that's one way I could start a community radio station if I ever... Uh, was We're no so longer, inclined. If I, if I was ever no longer welcome at Patterson Broadcasting, which <laughs> happened about five years later, and I thought, okay, well, let's start a community radio station. <laughs> they kicked you out, so you started your own. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, and that was when you were a young guy. So you were thinking you wanted something for like a more mature audience. So you must have been pretty mature when you were younger. Well, I looked at it as uh, something my parents and their siblings could could listen to, right? So uh, kind of gear it towards that generation. And as it goes on, it becomes more and more for my generation, but it's kind of a transition process. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you, so you worked at Patterson yeah. before this. You obviously had radio experience. Yes. So what did you do there? 
uh, I guess. Were you a DJ? Uh, I was the morning, the uh, weekend morning guy for, for quite a, a stint there. Uh, they, it's hard to find someone that will get up early on a Saturday and Sunday on a regular basis and come in and, and do that live because that's all live here. Here we don't do a lot of live, but, uh, yeah. So I, I think that was probably the biggest, uh, biggest chunk of my career there was okay. doing that. And did you ever end up like having children or anything? Cause then you, no. it's really easy to get up in the morning. No, this is my only kid is this one. Oh, so okay. That's why I relate it to have going through the troubled teens. So Reg, if you didn't start the radio station, you got kicked out of Patterson. What do you think you would have been doing? Uh, probably working retail. You know, I, I, I just get attracted to low paying occupations. <laughs> and then you have to why. talk to people though. And you don't oh, yeah. even like people. Well, uh, yes and no. It's different when you're dealing with a customer. Like I, when I talked about not going into politics, because you would, don't want to see with politics, you're not you're you're talking to a customer, but usually it's an irate customer. Oh, all <laughs> in, the time. It, yeah, in radio, <laughs> in, in radio and retail, usually the customer is is on your side at the start. They're not coming in to complain and 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 get upset with you. Usually. I don't know. That water machine that I have, people are pretty irate yeah, all the time. Yeah, I, I've had some issues with your water machine. Oh, well, no. But, Please, but people, usually, come I, and get me if yeah, you need me. I usually figure it out. So. Uh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so what do you do if you want to start a radio station? Did you get funding like from the city? Because this is a community radio station. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, this is the sad part of the story, and, and that is that... Uh, uh, I was so stubborn and uh, and determined to get this off the ground that uh, my friend's Visa and MasterCard. You just started. maxed them out. I maxed them out. It took forever to pay them off. So yeah, that was kind of rough. Finally, we are, were at a stage a spot where uh, we have actual financial stability in awesome. the, at the station, and and it looks like we're going to be moving forward. Uh, and getting to the point where we can actually pay some people uh, to do some of the work that is really um, labor-intensive without a lot of gratitude at the end of it or gratification. Like, it, it's one thing to go on air and have fun, yeah. and it's easy to find volunteers to do that, but uh, coming in 5 o'clock in the morning to do news and weather, not a fun thing for a volunteer, <laughs> right? That would be hard to find, and I'm not doing that for you. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's that's Alan Wishart. Oh, good. And Thanks for thank you, Alan. Thank but, you, Alan, for yeah, doing that. But we hope to get to the point where we can actually pay him something for doing that. Yes. Right. So, that, well, it sounds like you fully funded yourself, so you don't yes. get funding from anywhere. So it's really just well, we get the odd grant here and there, and nice. uh, there was uh, thankfully there were some government grants for COVID relief that came in handy the last two years because. When COVID hit, all of our uh, advertising dollars disappeared because everyone was closed. Uh, we don't. Right? I don't normally allow the c word in this room, but uh, that's fine. I'll just let it slide okay. this time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So you. I mean, you've brought this. It's thirty-five years old. So you've really. No. Oh, I thought you said you started this thirty-five years. No. 2007. 2007. Yeah. I am so, so off. Sorry, yes. my baby got up early this yes, morning. So I was up early this morning. I'm not quite fully there with my brain yet. Yeah, so we're 15 years old as of uh, July 1st. 
Well, maybe you said you were 35 years old. <laughs> uh, no, that wouldn't have been the case either. <laughs> <laughs> that would make you younger than me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. He does look really good, though, just so everybody knows. Yeah, he's working on it for sure. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what other shows are you kind of hoping for for the future? Well, that's hard to say. I've always... Uh... I've always believed and have letting things grow organically. So a lot depends on who shows up to, you know, do a show, right? Uh, the reality is the majority, well, I wouldn't say the majority, but many people uh, come in and say, or call and they say, yeah, I'd like to do a show. And I say, oh, what, what do you want to do? And then they explain it. I said, okay, well, you need this, this, and this. And they say, oh. Okay, well, I'll let you know. <laughs> and then <laughs> once, they back, they, yeah. once they understand what's involved, <laughs> then, uh, some people get past that point and they actually start doing a show and it might only last a few months because they realize, yeah, it's really not as fun as you think it is. I mean, it's I mean, cool. I mean, it is have, lots of fun. Well, doing a live talk show, but I'm talking putting together a music show and, and that sort of thing. There's a lot of work to it. And once you realize how much work there is, uh, that sort of weeds out a lot of people. We have we have volunteers that have been around since year one. That uh, and that's really that really determines the the uh, uh, what we have on the air is is how dedicated the actual individual that brings this idea to the to the table is right. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming today and subbing for me, Reg. Not a problem. And uh, I am ending a little bit early today. It's been a mess of a day, but uh, I hope everybody has a great day. It's nice and sunny out, and thank you for listening. Join us each week for Music and the Spoken Word, featuring the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square, the longest-running, continuous weekly network broadcast in the world, celebrating over 90 years on the air. Each episode features modern and traditional arrangements of spiritual, patriotic, classical, and contemporary music, and a timely, inspiring message. Music and the Spoken Word with the Tabernacle Choir. Now heard Sunday mornings at 8, here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. At the YMCA, we continue to provide frontline pandemic supports to our community, including essential childcare, mental health services, and assistance to seniors. We believe that health is a right, not a privilege. We need your help now more than ever. Ensure that our community continues to have the supports it needs to thrive. Visit nbc.ymca.ca and make a gift today. Working from home is not always easy. Unexpected visitors, pets looking for attention, phone calls, chores, the list of possible interruptions is endless. Get away from the distractions with a rental from the Q3 Creative Business Hub. Rent an office or desk by the month or a desk on a drop-in basis when working from home is getting the better of you. For more information, email q3building at gmail.com. Q3 Creative Business Hub. Open for desk and office rentals at Quebec and 3rd. Forecast from Environment Canada, sunny today with increasing cloudiness near noon, winds from the north at 20, a high of 4 with a morning wind chill to minus 19. Partly cloudy tonight, north winds becoming light this evening, low of minus 8 with a wind chill to minus 11. For Friday, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 4. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. All right, good morning. Good frosty morning. My goodness, is it ever... 
not spring-like out there. Although we could be doing worse, we could be Winnipeg, and uh, and you know, if at minus six, if we actually were having any precipitation coming down, we would be uh, in not much different circumstances. We'd be having a bunch of snow on our ground and not nice dry paved to drive on. So. Uh, anyway, so uh, here I am. I'm a little. I'm ten minutes early in uh, on the show, so that I'm I'm uh, hoping that we can fill that up. And and uh, yeah, today is. Uh, I'm I'm happy that my guest came in early. Um, I only have one guest, despite having invited all seven to join us. I've uh, for those of you that have listened previously, that um, what I've I'm really. I really think that more people need to be aware of things that are happening um, locally. I mean, we have the city and then we have the school district. The school district actually has a bigger budget than the city does. And there's an awful lot of, uh, that's an awful lot of money. And uh, a lot of, uh, I mean, we have a method to keep them to account. We we have, this, the school district is run by local trustees that we elect locally. Uh, but voter turnout for trustee elections is dismally low. So, um, I mean, I, that was one reason that I wanted, I, so what I've done is I've regu- I've invited the trustees to come in. I think it's about every five or six weeks, uh, to come in and talk. And thus far, I've only, um, uh, been able to get Milton, uh, Mahoney, uh, the new trustee elected here in Prince George to come in. I have heard back from a few others that are willing to come in some, some other days. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I was looking at uh, what's new and exciting, and I guess probably the the newest development uh, uh, in the school district is the the new assistant indigenous superintendent. So let's. But first, Melt. Good morning. Good morning, Judy. How are you doing? I'm well. How are uh, you? I think I'm doing well. <laughs> okay. We do have a new assistant superintendent, Pam Spooner. I think she'll be very good at the job. Mm-hmm. And that she's well educated, uh, she understands both sides, mm-hmm. and I think she'll be fair. Mm-hmm. And that yeah, uh, she's been around a long time. She's she's been around a long time. Uh, she knows the players uh, as far as um, indoctrinating um, indigenous education into our system, and that uh, I think she'll do well at it. She knows my standpoint. She knows the advisor's standpoint. And she has a tough job, a very tough job. And I expressed that to her yesterday, matter of fact, that you couldn't pay me enough to have her job. <laughs> yeah. She's going to have to do a balancing act. So what do you mean, balancing act? Well, she's got to look at all of the uh, students, even though that she is the indigenous um, part of the school district she's there to look after their interests too but she still has to look after all the interests of the students right now she is an assistant to the okay so cindy heitman is the actual superintendent now that she's yes there you go yeah no cindy's the superintendent and then we have uh, assistant superintendents and uh, pam is the assistant superintendent uh, for indigenous affairs okay so she's the assistant superintendent for Indigenous Affairs. Mm-hmm. Do we have another assistant superintendent or not? Yes. yes. Uh, we, that- we, we, have, we have two. One takes high schools, one takes elementary schools. Okay. And who's the other one? No, we got uh, Cap the- and we got Lee. So what, what are the names again? Cap and Lee. Cap Manhas and, and Lee. 
uh, you know, okay. All right. Okay. Oh, that's how it works. I never figured that out. Yeah. No, it's, it's a well-oiled machine. Okay. Okay. So, um... Uh, what are you seeing? Like, is this has this already had an impact at at the district? Like, um, are you, how do you think that sort of went down that decision and and who who made that decision? I, I understand, like, as part of the news release that they were saying that this was part of the special advisor's recommendation. Yes, it, it was. Um, we had a, a meeting. It was part of the uh, advisor's report, and. Um, Pam was the best fit at the time, mm-hmm. so this is what we did. Okay. Okay. So one question that I have, um, because the there's the Indigenous Leadership Table. Am I using the right word? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, they they said nothing about us without us, and that's the two First Nations. Um, bands in our district, so that's the Clayley Tanay and the I think Bear Lake Indian Band, yes, right? right? Yes, it is. So, how are they seeing this? Because I understand that, I mean, uh, I believe Ms. Spooner is is not of those either of those those two nations, right? Like how? Uh, right, they're ecstatic. Uh, they think it's uh, a very good move. Oh, okay. Um, they encouraged. All I saw was encouragement. Okay. And uh, from them for Pam. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, so do you think, have you seen anything good come of, of of that? I mean, I know it's fairly soon. Oh, it's only been a couple of days. Okay. So let's, uh, let's, let's give, give it, them some time. <laughs> let's, get, let's, let's give it a chance to see yeah. where it goes. Yeah. Um, the Indigenous uh, Education Learning Table is brand new also. Yeah. And uh, so there's going to be lots of ins and outs, mistakes, mm-hmm. and that I just have to learn by it. Mm-hmm. And that... Um, so what is I'm that? I'm very interested to see how it's going to go. Um, I hope it goes, but I can, I, can, I, can, I can see a lot of pushback. And that... Um, it was a tragedy, and that the uh, what happened with the residential schools. Mm-hmm. It was a tragedy. Today's standards, there's no way that should happen. People should be going to jail. Mm-hmm. But it was a while ago, and as I said at the meeting yesterday, you have to forgive before you can start healing. And I don't know how that was taken. In that, but that's how I believe. I mean, so do you see we're, okay, we are coming up to a break here, so we'll pick up on that. Uh, I'm here uh, interviewing Milton Mahoney, School District 57 trustee. We'll be back. The Community Arts Council of Prince George and District is accepting applications for the 8th Annual Artist-in-Residence Program at Studio 2880. The one-year residency will start on June 1st and will include studio space, administrative and mentorship support, media coverage, and more. Applications will be accepted until Friday. Apply through the Visual Arts link under Programs at Studio2880.com. That's the Community Arts Council's Artist-in-Residence Program. Application deadline is Friday. OceanWise has openings for people passionate about our environment. If that's you, OceanWise invites you to take on an incredible career doing work that matters. OceanWise 
Guise is currently hiring for a number of great positions, including Haida Guise Citizen Science and Outreach Coordinator, Program Specialist with Ocean Bridge, and more. Find out more about OceanWise careers and explore the current openings through the careers link at the bottom of their homepage at ocean.org. The climb for cancer is getting back to its roots. The annual climb up the cut banks is returning to a one-day event this year with teams making the ascent May 29th in support of Cordoban Lodge. Registration will be opening soon. Returning and new participants are asked to save the date and follow the climb for cancer on Facebook or Instagram to watch for updates. Once again, this year's event will include a barbecue and live music. The 7th annual climb for cancer, May 29th on the Nechaco cut banks. Cognitive care kits are available at the Prince George Public Library. Receive information and tips to help stimulate brain activity in people experiencing cognitive decline, such as memory loss and Alzheimer's disease. There are nine kits in total, each unique and tailored to help people with different levels of cognitive decline. Training videos on the use of the kits are available through your public library's YouTube channel. Cognitive care kits can be borrowed for up to three weeks at a time through your Prince George Public Library. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. All right, Trudy Clausen here uh, interviewing Milton Mahoney, School District 57 trustee. And uh, like I was saying earlier, all trustees were invited to attend uh, and take part. I... Uh, um, but so far, only Milton has taken me up. I do have, I've heard back from a few others that they are willing to come later on. So we're looking forward to that. So just before we took a break, we were talking about the relationship between the new assistant superintendent of Indigenous Affairs and the Indigenous Education Leadership Table. Um, so what I wanted to cover a little bit is what is the relationship? How is that working out? I mean, I know it's still early days, but between the Indigenous Education Leadership Table and the school district? Like, is there, like, how much, inf- like, what's happening with that? How is that going? I think it's going semi-well. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to push back a bit. And, and why? Uh, because I do not uh, believe in all of their philosophies. Mm-hmm. And that I was elected to represent all of the students, all mm-hmm. of the parents. Mm-hmm. And I'm rounded enough to be fair with everybody. Mm-hmm. And when you come out and you say nothing about us without us, that sort of is a threat to me. Why isn't that just concerned parents wanting the best for their kids or a concerned community? It could be. Okay. It could be. But it was not explained that way um, at our meetings. It was basically laid out that uh, it is going to be our way. When it comes to the Indigenous, we must go to the uh, learning table for basically permission, which is okay Uh for the two nations. But we're talking about um, a lot of nations. 57, summers around 67. What do you mean 57? Within the school district. Within the school district. And that. Um, so what's your I concern? Would, I, would, yeah. I would like to see more of the indigenous nations on the board of the uh, IELT. But that's not, that's not going to happen. There is a seat for visitors. But it, it is the... Um, the IELT's decision on and what... And IELT is the Indigenous Education Leadership Table? Yes, they uh, have the final decision on what comes forward. 
No, I always thought it was, and it did upset me because they have the one of the lowest populations of students within the district. But then I was informed, and rightly so, that it is not to do with the population. It is to do with the, of the land deeds. Right. And they are the holders... Of the historical of knowledge. Of the historical land deeds. So, in Indigenous tradition, if you go on to another nation's land, you go to them and ask permission. Okay. And that if you hunt on their land and you take game, then the proper thing to do is to give them some meat. So That's not very, like, that's cannot, not so strange, is no, it? No, no, it's not strange. But one thing I do notice, and I'll say, is that the decolonization of the schools is wrong. The indigenization of the schools Yes, but there you got to have both because we live in a society that is colonized mm-hmm. and that we if we went back to the indigenous ways fully 100% well we w- we would have we children would, being taught by their elders yes in a very different system yes, yes. and also too I have a problem with um, I want to see the history of the nations Mm-hmm. taught in the schools. Yeah. I believe that in the homes, the language and culture should be taught. But the language is a dying uh, form of communication with the indigenous people because the parents are not carrying it on. So wouldn't the schools help with that? Like how? If, how? How How are they going to help with that? <laughs> For the simple reason is, is that you're going to ask a a person, a colonized individual, in most cases white, in most cases young, female, teach these children a to first, tell. Yeah. First thing she's going to say, what is to tell? Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know how it's going to be done. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We had the Minister of Education up, gave us a nice political speech. Political? Yeah, political. Oh. You ask a politician a question, they go around the bush. Okay. Um, it was nice to meet her. Mm-hmm. It was. She was asked some questions, never did really truly get an answer. Um, but we are on a flagship. This is brand new. And Prince George is the pilot for the program that's going to go out through B.C., uh, so that's new. Okay, so what's going to happen here? We're on a flagship. And that so flag- you mean what you mean is that school district fifty-seven is sort of a trial run? Trial run for what? To indoctrinate this real BC. Okay, and what is this? The the system okay. that we're doing right now. Um, the advisors report. There will be a lot of that being put in. Uh, what it is is that we're on we're on this ship, and it's a wonderful ship called the Titanic, and we're heading for an iceberg. <laughs> okay. And uh, that's that's the bottom line. Um, and so, why do you why do you feel it's going to fail, or what 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 are the issues that you're seeing? You cannot quickly decolonize anything, and that what I'm finding is is that they want uh, indigenous 
education put into the schools. They want different things, which I agree with. Mm-hmm. But they want to decolonize, and yet their their decolonization is not being used at all. So, what do they mean with about what do they mean when they're saying the word decolonization? Decolonize. You go into a school, uh, and what I noticed is is that you see lots of indigenous um, artwork. Yeah. Um, symbols. Yeah. You don't so much see as you did before um, European, Canadian pictures, uh, symbols. So we're there, they're going to the indigenous side to the extreme. Hmm. That. So one thing that I remember, and, I, and we're um, probably, probably getting to our break, hey, Steve? I'm watching the clock. All right. We will take a break and we'll be back talking to Milton Mahoney, School District 57 trustee. World Schizophrenia Day is Tuesday, May 24th, and once again, BCSS is reaching out to landmarks across BC to show support for people affected by schizophrenia and psychosis by lighting up in purple. If you or your organization would like to participate, email info at bcss.org. Light up in purple and show your support for everyone affected by schizophrenia and psychosis on World Schizophrenia Day, Tuesday, May 24th. Your Prince George Spruce Kings are geared up for round two of BCHL playoff action, and you don't want to miss out. Game three and four of the best of seven affair against Penticton are at Rolling Mix Concrete Arena Monday and Tuesday. Tickets are available at the Spruce Kings office as well as through their website, sprucekings.bc.ca. Be on hand for exciting BCHL playoff action. Your Prince George Spruce Kings against the Penticton V's, 7 o'clock Monday and Tuesday at the RMCA. College of New Caledonia Community and Continuing Education has the training you need to pivot in your career. Learn the fundamentals of medical technology in both written and spoken forms with the Medical Technology course. Students must have strong English skills and the ability to handle a challenging workload. The course runs Tuesday and Thursday evenings from 6 to 9, starting May 3rd through June 21st. Contact Community and Continuing Education at CNC for more information. Registration deadline is Monday. Forecast from Environment Canada. Sunny today with increasing cloudiness near noon. Winds from the north at 20. A high of 4 with a morning wind chill to minus 19. Partly cloudy tonight. North winds becoming light this evening. Low of minus 8 with a wind chill to minus 11. For Friday, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 4. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station. 93.1 CFIS-FM. All right. Trudy Clausen here with School District 57 Trustee... Milton Mahoney. So, Milton, we've been talking a little bit about the um, the advisor's report, and apparently the, I mean, do you want to talk about that, or do you want to talk about the fact that the advisory board is still there and has just gotten extension, because they're the actual governing body right now, right? Well, right, right now, I feel that they are uh, basically telling our senior administration what how things are going to go. So rather and than as, the elected trustees, as, right? Rather than elected trustees, we're, the, we're there as a stamp. And that whatever comes across, we have to approve. Now, I, I push back a bit. I don't agree with it. Um, I still believe so we'll, that the um, advisor's report is very biased, and uh, I have my reasons for that. Now, when I say it's biased, 
that's bad for us. But for the indigenous population, the Wilson sisters and their father were advocates for the indigenous people. Mm-hmm. God bless them. They believed in their cause and they went for it. Yep. And I admire people like that. I really do. And in our instance here, School District 57, there was a reason why the advisors were first put together here. Well, that was because of the revolving door of the superintendents, correct? Not totally. Okay. Not totally. Um, I did ask for documentation since when I was elected on the revolving door of the uh, superintendents. Okay, because that has been a huge issue of concern because anybody looking at that will go, wait a minute, if if we have a revolving door for superintendents, it means that there's an awful lot of internal... Problems. Difficulties going on, which means that people are not focused on delivering better results. And everybody's looking at the results and going, why are students dropping, uh, dropping behind? And why are our graduation rates not going up and our marks not going up? Right. Now, let's go one thing at a time. Okay. The revolving door of superintendents. I asked for documentation on this. There has to be documentation. I was refused. You were refused on what grounds? Um, I was not elected at that time. Okay, so, so will, the, will the public be able to see this eventually? Oh, yes. They will. Okay. They will. But, I mean, is that going to have to be done by asking, what is it, paying the $25 now and asking for a uh, yes. Freedom of Information document? Well, sure, that's one way. But as far as the population goes, just hang tough. And that. Now, the revolving door of the superintendents. So the education minister had to be given false information to create and ask for an advisory board. So she she was given information, had to be. you got to find the root cause. And that this is truly speculation, and I'm speaking for myself. She was given some information that wasn't absolutely true. She And we're talking here about the revolving door. I'm talking about the revolving door. Okay. Um, And she was given information on how racist Prince George is. As the cause for the revolving door. Could be. Oh. So the minister takes that, runs with it, and creates an advisory. Um, Corey Wilson. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Kathy... Uh, McGregor. Uh-huh. Uh, Kathy McGregor, I believe, is a professor of Indian studies, and Corey is a advocate for indigenous people. Okay, well, that that seems interesting because it yeah. was sort of not, I mean... Okay, now just let, let me okay. carry on here. So they come up and they do their preliminary uh, investigation on the racism in the in, School District 57. Even though the purpose was to find why we were having such a turnover for superintendents? No. 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 And that they were told that there's great racism. The revolving door is coming. Okay. So they do their preliminary investigation. It all works out very well. Um, they write a report that is very biased. And I don't blame them for that because their whole... They're advocating for their advocating people. Advocating is, is for the indigenous people. Mm-hmm. And like I said before, you got to admire them for that. Mm-hmm. 
what the, what's transpired was is a lopsided report. Um, it's all to do with the indigenous. Now, I do believe that they think if they can improve the indigenous education, all education is going to be improved. Mm-hmm. And there is an argument Not, to be made for there's that. There's an argument to be made, but I don't believe that's the case because what's happening is is that they're forcing uh, certain aspects of indigenous education, which could be done gradually. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be lots of resentment. There's going to be lots of pushback. Now we get to the superintendents. Okay. They... I truly believe that uh, the board, uh, the board of education, was advocating, and superintendents push back a bit. Mm-hmm. They're the educators. Mm-hmm. You push back, you're gone. Mm-hmm. Like- so, simple as that. You're either going to quit or you're going to get fired or something's going to happen. Okay, so you're talking about the superintendents or the... Yeah. No, the superintendents. Okay. And that. Now, when you come to the advisory report, and that we had two people resign off the board. Yes. The chair and the co-chair. Why did they resign? This is a question that I've always asked. Were they told to resign by the Minister of Education? Or did they resign because they knew that the heat was on after Kelly Rose fiasco, mm-hmm. which they brought up through the back door? So it's 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 a wonder why we're in a position we are. So do you, do you think the public will ever know, like what what all has been going on? I hope so, and that right now I'm the only one that's willing to stand up and push back a bit. But I've got really no. No support on the board, and I don't expect to have support on the board. And that um, I'm in a very precarious situation here. There's a lot of things that I know that I can't say, mm-hmm. and I have to sort of stumble along here because I don't want to get anybody in deep trouble. I don't mind getting into a little bit of trouble. <laughs> okay. But what it comes right down to is, if my theories are correct, yep. then the advisory board should not have even been formed. It could have been handled internally. Mm-hmm. Um, Victoria ran into a similar situation with uh, two trustees down there, and the rest of the board shut them down, mm. stopped it, because there is laws. Mm-hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, school District 57, they broke the law. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, we're coming up to a next break. So we're talking here with School District 57 Ken, uh, trustee uh, Milton Mahoney. We'll be back. In recognition of World Schizophrenia Day, BCSS is planning an exciting evening event which will help people better understand what schizophrenia is and its impact on individuals, family members, and the community around them. Make sure you receive information on the event as soon as it's released by sending an email to events at bcss.org. Then reserve the date on your calendar, Wednesday, May 25th. 
a special evening event in recognition of World Schizophrenia Day from the BC Schizophrenia Society. Amplify your organization with Vantage Points Advocacy 101. Learn how to create change when you don't have the resources or authority to make the change yourself. In this three-hour workshop, you'll clarify your advocacy goals, develop an advocacy strategy, and build confidence to engage your community in advocacy work. Registration and more details are available through the events calendar at vantagepoint.ca. The Vantage Points Advocacy 101 workshop, 9 till noon, Thursday, June 23rd, via Zoom. The Friends of the Prince George Public Library is holding its first book sale in over two years. The sale is going to be held at the Bob Harkins branch downtown on Friday, April 22nd from 10 to 5.30 and Saturday, April 23rd from 10 to 3. The books are sold by donation with proceeds going to support special items, programs, and initiatives at the library. The society is encouraging people to renew their membership during this time. That's the Friends of the Public Library book sale, April 22nd and 23rd at your public library. North Central Seniors Association is up and running with a full slate of activities each month. Tai Chi, pool, yoga, photo club, cards. The association also hosts a monthly lunch as well as a birthday social with live music. Based out of the basement of College Heights Baptist Church on the corner of Debano Boulevard and Moriarty Crescent, for more information on the North Central Seniors Association, visit their website ncsapg.bravehost.com. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George. You're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. All right, Trudy Clausen here speaking with Milton Mahoney, School District 57 trustee. Um, during our break, we were just talking about, um, you know, what about the kids and, and the students and their families? And, uh, I mean, we can talk politics about what's going on with the school board uh, and the and the administration senior admin all we want but at the end of the day um, it affects students it affects uh, their families and parents expectation that they are sending their kids to school and they're going to be be educated and that issues are going to be dealt with but you had an interesting um, you were talking about an interesting story here regarding the polar den can you talk about that that's a specific example of things that can go wrong um I can't speak too much about it because I don't know a heck of a lot about it. Okay. And that it is a program to help um, students that need extra help. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may be a bit needy. Who knows? It, do, it doesn't matter. But they're not functioning properly in a, in a classroom. Okay. So they created what they call the Polar Den and is to help the, these students, whether they're Indigenous or not, to fulfill graduation. Okay. I think the program is a fantastic program because if it wasn't there, these kids would be just put by the wayside. Okay. That so that it was meant to sort of catch those kids. It was meant to, to catch them, them from and you can't save all of them. Yep. And that, but the advisors report. Now you have to understand that the the individual that is doing this program is dedicated, one of the most dedicated people that you'll ever want to meet. Mm-hmm. The advisor report threw her under the bus big time and that because they say that for this program they don't want it there's no polar bears in Prince George that's so right they tossed the entire program in writing wow and that so so that's th- not happening right now it's, it's still going on it's still going on oh, but, okay but who knows for how long and that because the advisor's report 
basically says that all students will be in a regular classroom. Okay, okay. well, that's... Isn't that interesting? <laughs> that's... So you're going to have very needy children in a regular classroom. I mean, we can all... Like, I mean, this is part of our problem, I think, is, is you know, we all have these fairy tale utopian ideas of what a classroom should be able to accomplish and what one single teacher with a classroom of 30 kids, of diverse kids and diverse needs can do. And it's like, wait a minute, that's actually not, not really very likely. How are the teachers' unions feeling about this? Well, or how is the teachers' uh, okay, union? Okay, I can talk on this. I couldn't talk on it before because um, it was to do with uh, stress mm-hmm. within the schools. The Minister of Education came up and she laid out that teachers are going to have to uh, step up a bit. Step up a bit. Because now they're going to be counselors, um, psychologists, social workers, and that part of the education system. Now, I went around to a, a lot of schools, and what I found, oh, and also to the advisor's report, also states bullying and harassment within their doctrine. So I can talk on that, too. I couldn't before, but I can now. Well, I'm just thinking of the poor teachers here. Okay, what it like, is... How, te- how are they going to manage this? They're, they're not. The teachers are burnt out. They are burnt out. Um they didn't sign up to be counselors and nurses and psychiatrists. They definitely didn't want, did not want to be in the middle of a power struggle. Also, too, they are they're dedicated to be a teacher. You have to be dedicated. Yeah, because it's not it's not a huge salary. You get you know it's decent hours most of the time, I think. But but this is an awful lot to put on them. And so if they're going to be required to. Um, like if there will be no other options for some of the kids that just really don't function well in a classroom, that's putting a huge load on them. It is. It is. Um, stress level. Uh, we're, run, we're running at the peak here for stress level. So have you level. had a chance to talk to some teachers? Like are you they're getting some They're very reluctant. They're very reluctant. They're very reluctant. And this puts me, puts me into the... Um, advisories report about uh, harassment, uh, fear. And now let's just go on the fear end of it. Most of the teachers are, are fearful of the advisors' report. They're afraid that if they make a mistake, um, there's going to be there's going to be parents or interest groups that are going to come after them. Mm-hmm. And they are petrified. Mm-hmm. And they're being forced. And I, they're not trained for this Mm -hmm. I think personally I think we're going to lose teachers I really do Um, a good friend of mine his daughters grew up here and they're they're teachers yeah they won't come back to Prince George because of the system because of what's going on the atmosphere Hmm. younger teachers come up and said no I'm, I'm done I'm not doing this the teachers that have to stay are the ones that have got 25 years in, 27 years in. And maybe their kids are here. Their and- kids are here. They're going to university. They can't afford to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a sad situation, and it did not have to come to this. So we've just got a few minutes left here. What would you recommend? So if anybody, and, and I know that we aren't able to go into a lot of detail, and most parents will know more detail, uh, like parents with uh, students in schools, what do you recommend for those parents? Is letter writing, email writing, is that still a thing? Is Get involved. 
Oh, okay. That's the bottom line. Just get involved. Um, I talked to I talked to different parents uh, around where I live, and they're astonished. They have no idea what's going on. They knew about Kelly Rhodes mm-hmm. and that, but they otherwise they think everything is rosy and pink. And this is w- another thing that when I went around to the schools and that, and I'm sorry to say things are not rosy and pink, and I'm very concerned. Mm-hmm. Parents, you have to get out. You've got to come to the board meetings. You have to write letters. You've got to do emails. You have to take a, a personal interest in your kid's education. I can't do it all. And I never thought I could. But I did, honestly, to tell you the truth, I did not think I'd be stepping into something like this. <laughs> I really didn't. Well, you well you ran on a campaign of, uh, what was it, uh, politics out of the classroom. That's right. And that was because you were concerned about the low um, the low graduation rates. It's terrible. And you, but it's not just Indigenous low. It's Caucasian. All uh, ethnic groups drop off. And that is a social issue. That is not an education issue. And we're asking our teachers to look at the social issues. A lot of things should be taught at home, culture, language. That's that's a home job. Mm-hmm. And that the thinking of a teacher is a babysitter. Get that out of your head. Mm-hmm. Because it's not working. Well, and sometimes we look at teachers as, you know, it's their job to be my kid's parent and teach them right and wrong. And <laughs> That's the parent's job. I mean, that, but I mean, it's sometimes it it's easy to, to say, well, it's the school's fault. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You, know? you have to support your teachers. You mm-hmm. have to support your principals. Mm-hmm. They are told what to do, whether they like it or not. Mm-hmm. And that and uh, parents and the citizens have to support them. And stand up and fight. All right. Okay. Well, that is the end of our show today. Thank you very much, Milton, for coming in. And we'll be back with the political panel tomorrow. After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Echo Wiley, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. Theme music is by The Ebbs. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. Owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society, you're listening to CFIS-FM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 FM.